Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 205 of F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen. This week, I was joined by two former guests of the podcast who collaborated on an incredible book project, Wayne Suggs and Jerry Greer. Wayne learned about Jerry through the podcast and reached out to him during COVID to discuss the possibility of working together on Wayne's idea for a fine art photography book. Wayne's book, The Color of Dreams, is an absolute masterpiece. They were kind enough to send me an advanced copy of the book prior to our podcast conversation, and I was beyond impressed by the quality of the book, the photographs, and Wayne's immersive storytelling within the book. This episode is all about their collaboration and the experience of creating such a wonderful book. They both share some fabulous tips and tricks on how to create a successful book, and Wayne shares some of his personal feelings around his photography that is worth listening all the way to the end to hear about. Over on Patreon this week, Wayne, Jerry, and I discuss Facebook groups for photographers and how they've impacted the art form of landscape photography. Okay, let's get to the show. All right, Uh, Jerry and Wayne, it's so awesome to have both of you back at the same time. Thank you, Matt. It's It's great for both of us to be back. Yeah. Yeah, and um, thank you for being my guinea pigs. You're the first uh, individuals who are doing this over video, which I think is really fun. You're crazy having our mugs on for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about about you, but maybe Jerry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm just. See, you have to be careful because we became really, really good, really good friends over this uh, this this time putting this book together. So we did. We're, we're bros, man. Yep. No, I totally understand. You know, you, you, you form a kinship uh, through COVID projects. I totally yeah, understand. Yeah, exactly. No question. No question. And that's what it was, a COVID project. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, man, so before we dive into that, just real quick, um, let's have you guys introduce yourselves, uh, even though you both have already been on the podcast individually. Um, Wayne, why don't you go first? I'm Wayne Suggs. Uh, I've been into photography since I you know, was 14 years old. And uh, I teach for Munch Workshops, and I absolutely love it. I, I never, never, ever get tired of photography. And the reason why is because it's impossible to master. So you just keep trying. You said it. In fact, I don't know about you, but I feel like I get worse every year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you keep trying, and, and you, you try different things. And then what you realize eventually comes for a full circle and you realize you got to get back to your roots because that's what you—that's what you really love. Yeah, so, absolutely. Right back to film. Right. There you go, Jerry. That's uh, where you're perfect, at. What a perfect segue. Go ahead, Jerry. <laughs> go ahead, Jerry. Introduce yourself. I've been shooting since high school, and uh, you know, on and off, publishing books. You know, shooting nature, shooting social documentary now, uh, quite a bit more. Love doing books for people. I keep going back to this book thing, you know, it's, uh, it's really fun. I, I, I like this new chapter in my bookmaking process, uh, you know, you know, working on specialty books, you know, teaching photographers, you know, how to create a book and then printing it for them. It's, it's so different. I'm, I'm learning so much now that I'm playing in that art book market and it's really amazing to me and i can i can talk about this a little bit more down the road but photographers generally don't know how to create 
CMYK images. Oh yeah, ready to go in a book. It's really, I'm shocked. I'm still. We're we're definitely going to dive into that. Yeah. So I mean, I know me personally. I am completely clueless when it comes to books, and I've had lots of people on the show that have made books, and I still feel like I don't know anything. So it's, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) We will set you straight. Here we go. I love. I love it. Well. Sweet. Well, let's just dive in. I was super fortunate to have been sent this amazing book of yours, Wayne, uh, The Color of Dreams. And um, this was your guys' project that you guys worked on. Chill bumps, man. Give me chill bumps. I mean, first, let me just say what an amazing piece of art this book is for so many reasons. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't mean to make you blush, uh, guys, but Really, the the photography, the presentation, the writing—it's all just super awesome. I was very inspired. I have the lucky fortune of having a lot of photography books sent to me, and ah, this one just really hit me. I, maybe it's just because of the the photography subject and the places that you photograph, Wayne, or also places that I also love to go to as well, yeah. um, yeah. or similar in the subject matter, right? But uh, yeah, it was super inspiring, and I think all of a lot of the stories that you tell in the book were just really just uh, they hit home for me. It was very I could relate very closely with a lot of the stories you told in the book as well. So uh, I remember I was reading it at my kitchen table, and I was telling my wife, "I'm like, look at this picture; it's amazing." And of course, my wife's like rolling her eyes because it's photography. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, I, I well. I really wanted to win her over, but that didn't happen. It's ah. not possible. Yeah, that's that's cool. I get it. Yeah, I get it. No, but um, why did you guys decide to do this? So, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was F Stop Collaborate and Listen. Oh yeah, that and one, there was uh-huh. this goomer Jerry Greer <laughs> that that came on, <laughs> and I got to listening to him. It's like, man, you know, I, one day I'm going to give that guy a call. And then COVID hit, and then all of my workshops were canceled. So I got to have something to do. Uh, and this was last summer, the summer of 2020. So I'll never forget, I'm driving down the road. Well, first I called Jerry, left a message. Then I get in my vehicle, I'm driving down the road, and he gives me a call. Ten minutes, you know, he, call, he calls me back. I pull over. I'm parked at a convenience store in the parking lot there, and we talked for well over an hour. He took the time with me and answered every single question I had. You know, I'm I'm nobody. I'm I'm just a I'm not upper echelon photographer guy, you know. And he he had no idea who it was. And and he took all the time I needed. And when I hung up the phone, I knew I was going to do a book and he got me even more excited. And so I just started working on it. And every time I would call Jerry, Anytime I would text him, he was right on it. I mean, answering every question I had. It was beautiful. Yeah. And Jerry, why did you agree to work with this not upper echelon photographer? <laughs> Dude, just kidding. I don't work with anyone. I'm just kidding because I mean, honestly, you look through the you look through the book and it's like, dude, this is right. like world class stuff. But dude, you should have when I when I when I went to his website, which was after our talk. I mean, I'm like. Crap, I have to do this book. You know, we, I got to make this thing happen. Cause, you know, and, and I had these, all these new ideas in my head with this new 
this new, you know, high resolution screening process that um, we're now using. Uh, Cause this is the first book. And I, when I, when I saw that, I saw, you know, it, the detail in the images, uh, the night skies, the foregrounds, the shadows, the deep, dark shadows. And I knew that we could pull that detail out. We could hold those highlights with this new process. And I'm like, I have got to do this book. If <laughs> You know, it's just, I had to do it. And, you know, in my mind, I had this idea of how I wanted him to do his book. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a lot of those choices I got to make, which is really awesome. Yeah. So it was basically kind of like me doing the book I wanted to do with his photographs. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, you know, the funny thing is, and in, in, we're talking about the book, and honestly, what I wanted to do was exactly this because, you know, a lot of people, they're not used to a cloth cover or a, say, even a leather cover, that kind of thing. When Jerry mentioned that he could do that, I remembered my great grandmother's bookshelves and all those really amazing books that were up on her shelf that I wasn't allowed to touch as a kid because they were worth something. And when I finally grew up and was able to pull them off the shelf and touch them, I had to do that. Excuse me. I just had to. That's awesome. Yeah. The Smithics from Ireland. It's it's making me. Making me burp a little. Don't mind it's, to do uh, it. <clears throat> it's Smittics. Smittics. My bad. I, I tried it with the Irish accent and all that stuff. It just didn't no, work see, out. See, and, and if my wife was listening, she'd be berating me for even using an Irish accent, so I won't even try. <laughs> anyway. I'll, I'll spare yeah. you from it. Yeah, but no, but J- Jerry's ideas, you know, they, I mean, he, know, he knows what he's doing. He really does. And um, I, I just... I'm so happy with it. I mean, I, I, my kids were a big deal in my life. Getting married to the woman of my dreams was, you know, the greatest thing that ever happened to me. When I first held this book in my hand and, and opened it up and, and read through the pages and looked at the images, I couldn't wait to call Jerry. You know, it just, I was so happy and so proud. You know, I, I mean, I, I just really was. So, yeah, it's, right. it's a big <clears throat> accomplishment. It's a massive uh, investment as well, right? It is, you know. And, and I mean, if, if we're going to talk about the monetary part of the book, you know, I did not write this book to make money. That's, sure. not, that's not why I did it. Um, yeah, my, my workshops were canceled. I'm losing money this year. I'm not, you know, I just bought two new bodies, two new camera bodies and <laughs> where's that? How am I going to pay for them? Kind of thing. You know what I mean? My wife's on my, on my, on my butt, man. He said, well, how are you going to pay for these things? You know? And, and uh, anyway, well, you know, I, the book, I, I announced the book and started taking pre-orders. I've already paid for the book through pre-orders. It's paid for all the rest is gravy, you know? And it's, um, it's ah, man, gravy I, so we can make another book. See, yeah. that's, that's the key. Uh, yeah. And I'm planning <laughs> Always a salesman, this guy. I know, I know. <laughs> and I take his advice. Jesus. No. So, yeah, when I, when I started Mountain Trail Press, I actually, I've never borrowed money to do books. And we didn't, it, when I brought the, you know, the other owners in, we never borrowed money to do books. When we had the money to do the books, we actually would do another book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we would spend every bit of it. 
except for what we wanted to keep for ourselves, you know, and pay ourselves a little bit. But sure. I mean, you know, that's how we would keep doing it. And that's how I'm c- continuing on doing my own books. You know, I've, I've still, you know, I raised a, a small little book, uh, but it's as a photographer, you know, when you start doing it, it's kind of like a drug, you know, because I know that Wayne's really going to want to do another book soon. <laughs> yeah, I know. Or reprint, you know, and the cool thing is, is if you don't reprint and you just do another book, see, then you can, you know, people, especially when they sell out, you know, people are wanting that book. And then you say, well, you, you can no longer buy that book, but I've got another one coming out. Right. So, you know, it's, yeah. No, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously you have to have really good photography to make it work. Which, sure, sure. You know, Wayne, Wayne's got that covered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Wayne, what's the, uh, what's the theme of your book? The theme. I get asked that a lot by other photographers, you know, so, so you're not just taking photographs of uh, glaciers or, you know, of, of, of trees or whatever, you know, like Jerry's great book that I have. It's, it, that's amazing, Jerry, by the way. Um, the theme of this book basically is images that mean something to me. And that's, that's it. You know, um, I just, they, it's, I have other photographs that are probably good enough for sure to be in the book, but those photographs aren't there. I don't know why they just don't hold value to me and they don't bring back those memories of taking the photograph. The, some of these photographs in here, honestly, some of them aren't my best images, but they mean something to me and there's a story behind them. And that story behind the image is as important as the photograph itself, you know, and it's, it's important for me, you know, later, later on down the road, when I'm, when I'm, even if I'm dead, you know, whatever, when I, when I die that my grandson, he's picking up this book and he's reading through it and he's, and they mean something to him and he can take that. And he, and he's thinking to himself, you know, I, I guess, I guess grandpa was more than just, you know, that guy drooling in his beans, you know, he's a, he actually, there was, he had, he had something, you know, he, 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 he was okay, you know, but it, it's that the, the whole theme is just, that's it. You know, images that are important to me. Yeah. It's, um, it's important to leave a legacy, I think. Well, it, 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 it is in, in it for any more than anything else, just for my family, you know, and, yeah. and, and good friends. And that's, that's what it's all about doesn't seem like your motivation is to become super rich off of it. Right. No, it's, it's, it's more of a individual yeah. uh, pa- passion project. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's something I just, I cannot stress enough how, how proud I am of it, you know? So. W- wouldn't you say that uh, the, that fact that it's more of a passion project, would, would you say that kind of contributed to the, the quality of the end product? Absolutely. I mean, because if it was all about the money, I wouldn't have the cloth cover and I sure wouldn't, you know, the pages wouldn't be as thick, you know, it'd be, uh, is, is the, the general public, are they going to notice that? Are they going to appreciate that kind of thing? Um, I think they will when they get it, Yeah, you know, absolutely. But it means so much to me to have that quality, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Jerry, in your experience uh, making books for other people, I'd be curious, have you, how have you had those kind of conversations around cost and materials? It's it's generally always cost. I mean, this is the first book that I was able to, to actually push forward with a, 
super high quality art book. So, you know, my Blue Ridge book, it was thinner paper, same idea. We had to create, I had a specific amount of money to, to create this book. Um, and I had two other business partners that were, you know, driving it as well. We had to keep the costs low. And so I used a PLC cover, but which is a printed and laminated cover. So, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So this is a French fold jacket. See how the French fold? Right, like your old, your old school textbooks, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a PLC cover. And you'll see a lot of photographers use this. Um, mm. You won't often see a French fold jacket. French fold jackets is the only, I will never do a regular jacket. Um, you can't see a cut edge. They're stronger. Uh, but basically, I chose to do a PLC because it's cheaper. And I put the money into the jacket. But I personally, I hate jackets. I hate them. And, you know, at some point, my next book will actually be created like like what we did with Wayne's. So so he was your guinea pig, I see. I see how it is. Exactly. Somewhat, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but you know, but that, that's the great thing about, you know, uh, you know, he wanted this this top of the line book. And so he allowed for me to say, let's do this. Let's do this. And man, I love that black cloth. Ooh, that would look good. You know, th- those type of things. Because at one time we were looking at dark green. Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. It was dark, dark blue. Dark, dark. That's right. Dark, dark blue. blue. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, we didn't find the right blue, so we went black. Yeah. And, and, you know, so and then we got to choose this, you know, the, the cool, uh, the foils. Now, my book will have a, a black foil on a black cover. So, <laughs> so it's good. It's, it's going to be even darker. That's just no. too artsy for me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, you know, so, you know, and, and, and that was the fun part of, of <clears throat> doing this project is, you know, he allowed for me to, to kind of guide him. And, and if he didn't like it, he'd tell me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you know, I and I told Jerry right away. Yeah. The first thing I said is, I don't want to. I don't want to the the cover. You know, your um the the jacket. I don't want the jacket on the book. I don't want that. I just you know I want to do a classy cover and leave it at that, just like the old school books. You know. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, and a lot of people don't get it because they're not used to seeing a book like that. But books back in the twenties and thirties, that's you know the 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 high end books. That's the way they were made. Well, you know, when you look at, you know, when you look at the, the art book market, like Alex Soth, you know, this is a printed cloth. Right. So, um, Mark Power, you know, these guys, this is the art book market. So it's, it's a, it's a different thing. They, um, so you don't, you don't see a, uh, you see this, this type of cloth. You'll see tip ends or actually tip ons. Tip ends are inside, tip ons are on the cover. Everybody gets this wrong. I even hear publishers do it wrong all the time. But tip-ons are on the cover. Tip-ins are on the inside. <laughs> so, you know, with his, that 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 tip-on, that image on the cover was just out of the park. Well, <laughs> I love, I love yeah. that I can actually see you do the baseball swing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's right-handed. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. So lefty. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's funny. I mean, the... 
Jerry's, you know, Jerry's guiding me. I collect, I collect books, photography books. I absolutely love them. You know, um, I have two of Jerry's books, uh, Blue Ridge and Forest for the Trees and, you know, Galen Rowell's retrospective. I even have your book, Matt, the one you co-authored, you know, uh, Secrets from the Stars. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And, and, you know, and of, of course, David and Mark Munch's American Portfolio and, you know, and, and my absolute favorite, David Munch's uh, what, uh, Images images in Stone. That is unbelievable. My favorite book of all times, you know. But I, my book, when I got it and I opened it up, if you look at these other books, the shadows aren't quite there. You know what I mean? And if you look at, a, at, a, at an actual uh, inkjet printer, an inkjet printed photograph, you can get those shadows, but with CMYK, you can't. And so looking at this book, when I opened it up for the first time and I could see those details, I'll put it up against any book I've ever seen, you know, and that's all thanks to Jerry. And, and, you know, and I, I, I did a lot of, I mean, I processed all these images myself in CMYK, but Jerry helped me through it every step of the way, you know. I, I actually made him. That's one of the things that I was talking about. Most photographers, even these guys, they don't, for some reason, they leave that CMYK process up to the publisher. And I don't get it. And maybe it's because most publishers are not photographers. But the, the, what I see is, you know, when, when you tell me you, you know, you, you, you have this great colorful photograph and you've printed it on inkjet. And if I tell you, you can't get there, you can't get there. You just, you can't do that in a book. So you're going to have to, you know, understand. Well, it's easy for me to say that, but until I put that, you know, make you do it and see it on your computer and then you, then you, then you understand at that point. Right. You understand like how, what the conversion is CMYK right, does to the file. That's right. If I'm doing it, then I'm just a bad Photoshop guy and it was a bad printing. So I don't do it. I, I won't do it. Uh, unless, you know, it's a photographer says, I can't do it. And, um, but I'm going to make that person <laughs> understand if I do a book for them, I'm going to make them understand that this is as good as we can get it. If you don't like that image, if you don't like what it, CMYK does to it, replace it and put another one in its place. So let's, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. what does that conversion do to a file? <laughs> so you have to think of how many years we've been doing the CMYK printing process. The only thing that's really changed is the quality of the inks has, has changed. The printing surface, the papers have changed. Those things always get better, but CMYK process has basically been the same. You know, it's four colors. It's really three colors plus black. So you're making the whole spectrum out of three colors CMY, cyan, magenta, and yellow with black. So you're making all these colors with those three colors plus the black to make it darker, light, or what have you. So uh, there's certain things that you just can't get, like spring greens from, from where I live in the southeast or the Pacific Northwest, you can't make those colors in CMYK. So I, I make my spring greens. I make them my summer green so that they'll actually work. 
I mean, you can print it, but it, you'll see a green blob because it's out of gamut. Yep. And you, there will be, there'll be no detail in it. But you can get damn close, Jerry. Right. If you, if you know what you're doing, you can get close. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So it's where we, where things have changed is this, the process of, of screening. And that's, which is where we came up with uh, Sublima, uh, which is what we used in this book. And I can make everybody's head explode when I start talking about these things. But um, there's, there's, there's really three types of screening. Uh, actually, there's technically there's two and then one that's a mix, a hybrid. So you have amplitude modulation, which is 175 LPI is what most every printer uses. Well, and gonna, uh, what's an L, what's LPI? Lines per inch. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. And so, so okay. it's all on a grid. So it's all all the all those dots are on a grid. 175 LPI. You can do 200. You can do 300. You can do 350. The higher that the higher that uh, uh, the lines per inch, the more difficult it is on press. So. Uh, there's a, there's a happy medium, you know, that 175 to 200 is the really the easiest to do on the press uh, and to give you a good book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a thing called stochastic. Oh, I, I jumped ahead. Amplitude modulation, basically all those dots are set. And the only thing that changes is the size of the dot, the amplitude. So it gets, it gets the darker the color, Bigger the dot. Okay. So then you have stochastic, which is frequency modulation. That's what they like to use in, in, in Europe. And they don't, they, they, they don't use LPI. They use microns. So, and their dots are frequency limited. So they're where they need darker colors. There's more dots hmm. and they okay. use tiny little dots. There's a problem with that. It's really hard to deal with on press. So the prices are really expensive. Well, Agfa came out with Sublima, Agfa Pogi. And it's actually what they call XM screening, where they actually use a hybrid. It's AM and FM together. So we get the best of both worlds. AM does things, some things better than FM. FM's higher resolution. So it has problems in darker colors. So not, not in detail, just darker colors. So they marry the two and that's where this came from. And it's really amazing when you get an F and G F and G's being the printed book before it's bound. When you can actually look at the F and G's and it, it looks better than your proofs, more detailed, it's really amazing. I've never had that happen before. When I got his his first set of F and G's in, I'm like, oh my God. They made the proofs look like crap, didn't they? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no question. You know, and and here's here's the thing. When you first if you process your images and say Adobe SRGB or ProPhoto, um, and the first time you go to profile and you 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 change that profile to CMYK, you're going to go, oh, crap. You know, like Suzanne Mathias, she says, 
you know, when I told her I was doing this, she goes, oh, CMYK, see my yucky colors. That's what she told me. <laughs> Cracked me up. You know? I got to remember that. Yeah. I, like, I got to remember that. Yeah. I got to write this down. You know, and, and most people would tend to agree with her. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's a process. And so for those out there that want to write a book, I promise you it's not that hard. I mean, it, you, what do you want to do is once you change that, the secret to it is the K. It's, it's, it's the blacks. Um, that's where the magic happens because what people don't realize is SRGB, you can't change your blacks, but you can change not only the blacks, but you can change the colors in the blacks, which is your shadows. And I want to, now after doing all these, I actually want to create a new, you know, color space, you know, SRGBK. I mean, be brilliant. And, you know, then you can actually, because when, after I finished adjusting all these images, I missed going back and I missed, I missed using the blacks, you know? Hmm. So, yeah. And, and it, the way for those photographers that want to do a book, you know, the, the first thing you need to, to do is, is, is process that image just like you would for printing. I always take my monitor down, you know, I'll, uh, the luminance on my monitor, I'll take it down 15 to 20. Um, yeah. most people do that. Um, and then black point compensation, that is so important, you know, on, on a, on a tonal curve, you have your output on the left, your inputs on the bottom, and you go from zero to two to two fifty five, right on the bottom. So on your, on your diagonal line, you don't want to just bring up the output to, to bring that up to say eight to 10, where you can start seeing the details in your shadows. Before you do that, you want to put a point, um, right below your midtones and then bring that up. So you're only adjusting your shadows. If you don't do that point in the middle, that histogram, you're moving that whole histogram to the right. And so you want to just, you know, put that point below your midtones, bring those shadows up a little bit. And then, and, and what you're doing is then you're creating your black point compensation up at that eight to 10 range. And that's the way I did them all. But in doing that, if you, if you do that, you're also going to mess up your, uh, your saturation. You'll find that your images, you lose that saturation. So you just change your, uh, your blend mode from normal to luminosity and then done. Your black points compensation's done. And then after that, you know, then you can go in with, with, with the tonal curve and you can change, you know, your cyan color. You can bring in more magentas if you need them, you know, and you can, you can change your yellows. If, if things, if your greens aren't popping, you can, you can add the, the magentas and the cyan into, into your yellows to create more greens. And the most important thing is that K, man, adjusting the, the blacks. I mean, that's where the magic happens. So yeah, it's, it's not that it, it really isn't that hard. You know, and Mark, Mark Munch told me when I was, to, when I told him I was writing a book, he says, just remember that tonal curve, everything's backwards in CMYK and it is, exactly. you know, everything's yeah. backwards. So, yep. yeah, but it's, you know, it, it was, when I was done, it was just, it was such a fun process. And quite honestly, some of the photos actually look better in the book than they do when I print them on an inkjet printer. You I know, this, that, yeah. this process, this new process that Jerry has is just incredible. I mean, it just it's a, it's a, yeah, it's allowing us to to do things in the dark shadows and the yep. bright highlights that I've not been able to do before. Right. It's really it's really amazing. 
Does that uh, <clears throat> does that introduce any uh, noise or artifacts to the image when you nope. do that? Nothing? So so here here here's the funny part. So I I process all these images, right? I'm so damn proud. I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna send them to Jerry. He's gonna put them in the book. We're gonna print the book, and it's all gonna be done. Oh no! I I so I'm all ready, and he says, okay, so now we have to resize. And now, and now we have to sharpen the images, you know, for that size that you just did. So he goes through this whole crazy process. And when he, and I'm thinking that's ah, never going to work. And I'm doing all this stuff. And the first image I did, I was like, Oh my God, look how great that looks. And you're doing all this in Adobe InDesign. And then once I was finished with that, then, you know, then he, he's telling me, Yo, you know, uh, you, now you got to do your PDF, your, uh, what was it? Spot glossing. You got to do your spot glossing hey, yeah. and have to go back, right. do all the spot glossing on all the images. And so, but he walks you through every bit of it. So it's not hard. You know, he teaches about Adobe and design. And once you get the hang of it, if you're used to Lightroom, Photoshop, yeah. it's kind of all the same, same gig, you know? Yep. Yeah. And they all work with each other. Well, now Photoshop works with it. Yeah. I don't use InDesign. So, uh, I'm an old school guy. Those two. Yeah. The, uh, you know, InDesign, it, it works hand in hand. InDesign Bridge and Photoshop all work just, yes. it's totally interlaced. You can fly through, you know, back and forth. And right. It's really awesome. So when you're working with photographers, Jerry, are you, is your, your fee of what you're charging is all of this help that you're giving in terms of, okay, now you got to do this to the photo or the file. Is that all part of your, uh, what you include in your fees? Is that kind of all so built to in? a point, you know, if I, if I really have to, if I really have to get it and, and teach someone how to do it, I've got to charge. Or they just need to be like really nice, like, like uh, Wayne, right? Well, Wayne was really easy. See, the cool <laughs> thing with Wayne was, you know, he just, I could just tell him, you know, I could say, just do this and this. And he did it. I mean, and with no issues whatsoever. Right. You, and, and if you worked with me, you'd be like, dude, you need to do that all over again. No, I mean, <laughs> See, no, the thing is, you know photo if you know Photoshop, it's it's really not that hard. I mean, if you know pho- Photoshop is harder than any of it all. I mean, it's it's it, seriously, you know it. It's 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 much harder to master. And I'm not a definitely not a master of Photoshop, but in design, uh, once you understand, I keep jumping around here. But designers are the the real designers. I fight with them all the time. The, when, the worst of the designers is, or the photographers that I work with the, is the photographer that's actually hired a designer. That's a uh, designer and not a photographer. Uh-huh. What they want you to do is throw all your images in there, RGB images, throw them in the, in, on InDesign, then they change everything, and then they want to output it. And they want to let InDesign make the conversions to CMYK. Oh yeah, I could see that might not work out. But that's that's not even the end of it. They want they want it to crop the photograph and size the photograph. Right. You can't do that. You can if you're just doing a book. But if you want to do a photographic book, right. it's got to be that size and it has to be it specifically sharpened for CMYK for offset. Right. And not, not only that, but like yes, yeah, like yeah, I don't want you to crop my photo. I- <laughs> right. So, so, you know, and it, it, it's, it, again, it, it drives me a, a bit nuts. There are some really good designers out there that understand this, but generally it's because they're photographers. It's the designers that are not photographers 
that I tell every photographer to just, you know, dude, I'll walk you through it. You can do this. If you are no yeah. Photoshop and you have InDesign, it's not that hard. Unless you want to create a book that's hugely designed. I mean, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy handed design features, you know, like colored mm-hmm. pages and colored right. blocks and all this stuff. But if you're doing an art book, which means it's a photograph with some text on white paper, dude, it's crazy to spend to pay these huge amounts of, of, of dollars to a designer that in the end has no clue on how to process the actual images. That makes total sense. Right. And if you have a publisher printer that tells you that they can, you know, don't worry about the uh, CMYK, they can just, you know, just send their, your sRGB and they'll convert it for you, man, it's just not yeah. going to work. They don't know what you want your photographs to look like. You know, I've done, I've right. done three other books and they were blur books, you know, and for someone to buy one of those blur books, it was like 110 bucks. And that was my cost on those books. And, yes. you know, and, and yeah. it's, and, and they converted them for me. And every time I get a book, it's like, you know, why don't they look good? You know, and it's, and that's why, you know, I, I'm now, photographers you know, yeah. are photographers are control freaks. I mean, we want, we want to be, we want control of our images, you know, every one of us. So I've never known one that wasn't like that. Todd Cottle, he taught me everything I know about this, this, this whole gig. The reason I did it is I wanted total control over creating my own books. Sure. And some of my old, my first books, you know, Hey, they, they weren't, you know, they weren't quite there. You know, But See, that's I, the thing, Jerry. You you've just made lots more mistakes than we have. So now we get, <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of old. <laughs> now, now we get to now we get to learn from all the mistakes you made, and then we get to make very nice books. Exactly. Which is it's a beautiful thing. It's a I beautiful it. thing. Where you guys right. where you guys teach people how to go to take photographs and stuff, I get to teach them how to create books. Yeah, that's that's what oh, makes photographs. me that's what makes me a good teacher is because I've made so many mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. Um, okay, I have another question for you, Wayne. So, what for you in the book? What was the importance of of storytelling for the overall end product? I I love writing, and to me, it just adds another dimension to that photograph. You know, for instance, in the book, there's a photograph of I believe it's at White Sands, and I took that photograph at night. And if you look at the image, you may think, well, it's a nice photograph, beautiful image, whatever, you know, um, he could have, he could have, uh, taken the temperature down a bit on that one, whatever, you know? Um, but when I look at that photograph, I see my dog. It makes me think of my dog because my dog was with me. So I tell the story of how I took the photograph and then I tell the story of my dog and everything my dog has gone through, you know, uh, of being with me and, and, and when you're done reading the story, it puts a new light on the image. You know, not only what I went through out there, you know, when the wind's blowing 50 miles an hour at 1.30 or 2 in the morning, but what my dog went through, you know, and, and it just puts you there, puts you in the scene, you know, and I, I hope that's what the stories do. Yeah, you have a, one of your stories in the book that I, I just found myself laughing as I was reading it because I could totally relate to it as you were out trying to get pictures of lightning. Oh yeah. And and then you kind of like had to like skull comb and everyone was sitting around your dining room table. And <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like all of us photographers kind of have that story or like, yeah, man. we didn't really get the image we were expecting. And 
but that's part of the experience. Right, right. Exactly. You know, and it's, it's so funny. I mean, how many, the problem, the problem with family is everybody eats during good light. It drives me absolutely <laughs> crazy. So, you know, Kiki, now Wayne, you better be home. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, she's, you, and she knows me. Right? So I, I go out there and I think I'm not going to go very far. I'm just going to go right at the road here. And, and then all of a sudden the light's getting good and the lightning, I get this crazy image, you know, and she's calling me at the same time the lightning's going off. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Where, where are you? Your parents are already here. You know, it was awesome. And then I could, I walk in the door and I'm soaking wet. I got cactus all in my leg and in my, my, everybody's, you know, I, it's so funny because I can't even look at Kiki. She's just, she's so angry. She's like, Wayne. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't, I don't go to her. Yeah, I'm there, man. yeah. So I take my camera out of the bag and I, 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 I show the back of the camera. I show it on the screen. I show it to my mom. My mom will get this. She's a photographer. She'll understand. And it was so funny. As long as my mom was cool with it, she goes, you're forgiven. You know, it was beautiful. <laughs> so if, I, if she forgave me, Kiki had to forgive me, you know? Yeah. So it, it's beautiful. Yeah. You're, you're a smart man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of wrote that one down. I was like, oh, notes for the future. <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> no, I think that's great. I, I love that. Um, that was actually one of the things I wanted to compliment you on in your book is all of the storytelling that you convey through your images and not just through the, the raw image itself, but also kind of some backstory about your experience and all of that. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I talk a lot about this on the podcast, but for me, one of the most powerful and most meaningful aspects of landscape and nature photography is its ability to convey those experiences and have people relate to them right. um, and try to, you know, have been there and experienced it with you. And as someone who's experienced some of the same things that you have in the book or, you know, similar things. Absolutely. I found a lot of those images so much more powerful than probably somebody who maybe has never experienced those things before. Uh, Yeah, exactly. You know, so many things happen to us when you're out there in the field, right? All these great things, whether you be with friends or on your own, um, it just being out in nature, just crap happens, man. And, and, you know, and, and, and maybe, maybe some of it's very mundane, but to be able to put that in words to where others can relate like yourself and Jerry can relate, we've all been there as photographers. And, and that's another thing about the book. Photographers aren't going to buy my images and hang on their wall. They hang their own images on the wall, right? Photographers buy the book. I Look how many books I got. The books behind me, I, I have hundreds of photography books, hundreds of them. You know, and I, I treasure them. And I every once in a while, if it's a rainy day and I'm feeling, you know, not motivated to do anything else, I'll sit down with a damn good book and, and read oh, yeah. that photography book, you know. And it just makes me feel good. And, 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 and other photographers, you know, they have a lot of photographers have purchased this book already. And that makes me really happy, you know. So, yeah. No, that totally makes sense for yeah. sure. What? I wanted to talk a lot about the night photography in your book because, as you know, I'm, I don't do a lot of night photography anymore, but I definitely have spent a lot of time in my pho- photographic career taking night photography. So yeah. I really love it and I enjoy it a lot. And I, I've always found that printing it in general is somewhat problematic just because of how dark it is and yeah, for sure. things of that nature. And of course, through the book and through Jerry's process, he's uh, 
they shine so much. But uh, right I think a lot of that also has to do with your capture techniques. Mm-hmm. So I was curious about like what are some of the methods that you use to to light your scenes? Because uh, I noticed you use a lot of really interesting subtle lighting effects that right. um, I think you know, they don't detract or distract. They really just kind of help add shape and character and texture to your foregrounds and to your scenes. And I was hoping you could talk about that. Thanks, man. Um, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I mean, that was one of my first things was doing night photography with a film camera, you know, using off camera flash and creating these crazy images. Right. And it was so much fun. But then the more I got into it, especially after digital, uh, I really started thinking about lights and how they how they really add to the scene and how lights can help the eye flow through a scene. I think that's so important. Um, and to be honest, portrait photographers taught me so much. I mean looking at looking at portrait photographers and and how they light up their subject, that it's what's the difference? What's the difference in my subject, an old house, a petroglyph? Whatever it may be, it's exactly the same. And if you can learn that and learn the placement of the lighting, that's that's what I, I strongly recommend. You know, look at look at some uh, go to YouTube, man, and and you know, just look that up, and you can learn so much about lighting. But that's you know, and I, and not only that, but I have a backyard that I mean, it's great. I live at the you know right at the foothills of the Oregon Mountains. It's really dark. And uh, I have the, the monument right behind my home. So I'm always out there playing and experimenting with, with different lights, you know, and different lighting techniques. Yeah. Yeah. So more specifically, I mean, I'm assuming you probably have like either a light stand or a second tripod or multiple tripods where you're using, I guess, pretty like lights that have small lumens. I mean, we're talking like loom cubes or what? Yeah. What? You know, I've used all kinds of lights. Cineroids used to be my go-to lights with the big Sony batteries on the back, and they were super heavy, you know. And anyway, so then I, uh, um, right now, I mean, I could go through all the different lights. I'm not going to do that. But right now, I'm using the little Loom Cube panels, the tiny ones. They're brilliant. I mean, you can change the color temperature on them. Um, they they go really low. Uh, yeah, and and that's the thing. Most people, when they use lights, they overpower the scene. You know, I mean, you don't need much light at all. You just need a little bit of light and you know that. And then I have different light stands. I have eight foot light stands. You need to make sure you get up above bushes, things like that, um, that are going to create shadows. Um, and I also have these tiny little light stands The you know, the little, oh, geez, I've had them forever. You can even tie them on trees or whatever. They're little, little tripod things. That oh, like go gorilla just, pods? Uh, they're not gorilla pods. No. They're little, they're, they're plastic and you open them up just like a tripod and they're about five inches high, but you, they also have a Velcro strap on them that you can put on a fence post, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then I'm assuming like that was just a ton of experimentation. Oh yeah. No, you (laughs) you know, constantly experimenting and sometimes we have to go out and, and, you know, and light up a scene and you can see how I do it. You know, it's. It's, it's so much fun. And there's nothing, I mean, I'm a night owl. I love being out at night. And whether you're in the desert, in the mountains, on the ocean, it's just so peaceful. I mean, it's no, nobody's around you. You know, I, I, I strive for solitude, right? I know you do as well. And, and uh, you know, it's most, most of us photographers are, you know, we're solitude people, you know, it's, 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 it's what it's about, you know, and also being out there with great friends. 
as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. I was yeah. going to say, like, I like being alone, but I also like not being alone. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but they got to be, they got to be real good friends, you know? And, yes. and, and, and I, I love workshops too. And I love teaching this to people. And, and the first time somebody sees it, it's, it may be their first time they've tried to take a night image and they can't quite get it. And then after I light up a scene for them, show them how I do it. And then they look at the back of their camera. They're just, I mean, oh, to see that. smacked. Oh my, oh my God. God. Yeah, yeah. P- people crying. You know, they're so happy. You know, it's just, there's nothing better. Nothing better. So, yeah, yeah that's beautiful. But, uh, you know, for, for people like, like Wayne that are looking to do a book, and I know we've covered probably a lot of this, so I don't need to repeat anything we've already covered. But what are some other considerations that uh, photographers should be aware of before embarking on a book project? Uh, look, in the, uh, look in the camera. You have to sell your book. <laughs> you have you know, to. Is he talking you to me? You have to sell your book. So, and I told, I told, I told Wayne this too. Multiple Press used to publish books and fund book projects, and we had to nearly force photographers to go sell their books. Hmm. And I, you know, really good, you know, really great photographer. I'm not gonna mention any names, <laughs> you know, but I mean, Wayne, Wayne Suggs wasn't that? No, no Wayne, not Wayne. Okay, but Wayne's already sold a crapload of books. I can put at that time, you know, I was doing distribution and everything. I could put your book on the shelf in a Barnes and Noble. Right. You do understand how many books are on the shelves in Barnes and Noble. Right. You understand how many books are in the Amazon warehouse. How are they going to know that that book is there? They don't want to know from me, the owner of the publishing company. They want the photographer. The photographer has to sell their product. When I did Blue Ridge, I put down the camera for an entire year to sell that book. I did my my co-author, my author, not co-author, because I suck at writing, so I always hired a writer. <laughs> so, you know, my author and I, we did well over 100 book signings and morning shows and I mean, all you have to do is let them know, hey, I got a new book. And they will put you on TV in your that, local area. And that game has definitely changed a lot, right? Well, I don't I do not do it now. Right. Um, I, you I, know, what, uh, I don't think your, so. What, I don't what, think so. What was your strategy, you, Wayne? What was your well, if, if you have a local If you have a local news station, a no, local station in your town, they will put you on it. Yep. They certainly will. They, they are looking for stuff like this. Sure. You know, it, it, that's the thing. You know, I can, I can drive, I can, I can put the book on the shelf, but I can't drive people in to go pick it up. And that's why, I, you know, I try to explain to photographers, you have to sell your product. You, it's, this isn't a vanity thing. If you, now, if you want a vanity book, just spend 300 bucks and buy one. Right. Make one book, spend 300 bucks for it. Because to do Wayne's book, in digital would cost somewhere around three hundred dollars for one. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't look like his because you just can't get there with digital printing. Mm-hmm. So what what was your strategy, Wayne? To sell them? I mean, I'm still honestly working on that, and all I did was announce it a few times on Facebook. I have I have sold eighty five percent of the books on Facebook. I have not sold one book that I know of from Instagram. You know, um, and 
I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't hit Instagram that hard. I just don't because all my, all, all my images that I sell that people hang on the walls, they're, they're in Facebook. They're, those are the people that have money. It's the older people, you know, and it's slowly going into Instagram. It, it where, where I find Instagram is very powerful. If you're leading workshops, photographers right. are on Instagram. Photographers want to know how to take that image, but right. Facebook, you know, those are the people, um, that are, that are buying my book. And, you know, here coming up, to be honest, I don't have the book yet. The book's going to probably arrive on Monday. And as soon as it, and, and probably the podcast will be out by then. When, when people hear this, I'll be up to my eyeballs in books, you know, <laughs> <laughs> boxes and boxes of books. And I have it all anyway. But when, when the books come out, I'm going to have book signings in my local bookstore. I'm going to, I'm going to do the farmer's market. I'm going to be down there with my books, signing books, man. Thank you very much. 59.95. Here you go. You know, um, yeah, it's, it's, you, you got to push those things, but you got to let people know you're going to be out there and you, you got to play the game, you know, and I, and you know, Matt, you've talked a lot about this, putting yourself out there. It, it feels, it feels cheesy, it feels right? weird, right? For all yeah, of us. I'm, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I know a few people that are like, oh, it's no problem, but. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not the easiest thing. Sideways, like really. Yeah, and you got to put yourself out there, and and you know, it it's it's not an ego thing. It's just if you if you want to if you want the book to be successful, it's the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be a bit of a salesman, unfortunately. And I'd much rather be out taking another photograph, of course. But well, it's so it's so much easier to sell something you're proud of, though. I mean, if it's something yeah, you yeah. created that it's full of your stuff, I mean, that's that's for me that would not be that difficult. But if it was, um, I don't know, someone else's products or maybe the book wasn't as high quality, then it'd be like, yeah, here's this book I made. It's okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, it's the way it is, and you know, unfortunately, that happens, and. That's why after talking to Jerry, I knew I was going to be happy, you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, you, you, you read the book and you understand my personality. If you, if you read the book, you know who I am, you know, who you're talking to. And I, I start out the book that, you know, growing up, I've had, I've always had this problem of being tumultuous and, and just, not being so easygoing. And I've had to learn to do that. And photography has taught me more about that of, you know, finding peace with myself. And I, I've done that now. So it, it's, it, it helps me grow and, and going through this through COVID and everything we've been through, you know, my wife, she's been through so many health issues. She's on her fourth round of, of, of cancer right now. Mm-hmm. You know, she's going, she went through this, through going through COVID. And if she gets COVID, it's a death sentence for her. So we're having to be super careful and staying away from people and, and not being with people that I love and my friends and missing. I'm a hugger, man. I love to hug people. You know, I see people, I can't even shake their hands. It's a weird deal. But this book helped me through that. And, and, and it just recalling all the great memories with my friends and being able to also, there's some stories in there that I'm, I'm giving kudos to those friends, people that mean something to me and that, that are people that I really look up to, you know? And so going through this, it really helped me go through this whole COVID thing, you know? So yeah, it was, it was great project. 
Well, and I listened to a, a podcast about two months, a month and a half ago now. It was a Hidden Brain podcast, and they were talking to a researcher, a psychology researcher, about um, how different people are coping with COVID. And what they found is like the people that are doing pretty much the same as they were before COVID are the people that have found something to kind of distract them, um, mm-hmm. keep them super engaged on like a really crazy project, like a book. Or in my case, I was working on a bunch of stuff for my forerunner and now I'm working on a, a whole bunch of other things too. But yeah. I think, but, but I think like, let's not lose sight of the fact that that works outside of COVID too, you know? It does. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Having having something like a book to focus on and be proud of and put your energy into, you know, I think that is, that does wonders for your mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a friend, he called me about an hour before we were to go on this podcast and and I hadn't heard from him in like three months and I keep thinking about him and uh, he's a photographer and occasionally we go out, and his personality is just that of, you know, if he's not around friends and people that he loves, he becomes very depressed. And I understand that. So he's home alone. He has no one. And he called me and he just needed to talk. And I'm thinking to myself, I kind of need to prepare for this podcast. But at the same time, I need yeah. to talk to this guy, man. I mean, way, more, way more important. Yeah. You know, and so we talked about and I, you know, we talked about, hey, we're, we're getting through this. We're almost done. People are getting vaccinated. And let me tell you something, when we're done here, we're going to go out and shoot again. And we're going to have those nights out in the desert like we used to have, you know? So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. It's coming. Yeah. Well, not, not to uh, change, change subjects, but uh, I did, this kind of ties in. So bear with me, but uh, how did you like working with Jerry? What was it like working with someone who's also a photographer? Uh, I got to talk about Jerry. Um, Jerry, can, can you go get a beer or something out of your refrigerator? Cause I'm going to talk about you. Kind of- <laughs> <laughs> no, Jerry, you know, I, I mean, I've already, I've already said what, how great he was to work with, man. I mean, we, we started this project. I knew right away after the, our first initial conversation, it's a no brainer. I got to do a book with this dude. Now I cannot wait. I've, we've never met, you know, um, we're going to, Oh, I'm coming I can't, to the damn desert. We're we're good friends. We yeah. we, call, we call and talk to each other about just meaningless crap, yeah. you know. And and we cannot wait to get together to go shoot. And and you know, Matt, you got to join us. You know, I'm totally into that. You started this whole thing, you know, <laughs> by me hearing him. So. <laughs> hey, that's right. Yeah. So, so the flip. So the flip side, Jerry. Uh, what was it like working with Wayne? And I and maybe a, a little bit further than that. Um, what are some of the characteristics that you kind of appreciate with photographers that you have successful projects with? You've met people that you really connect with just sure. right off the bat within 15 minutes of just chatting with Wayne. I knew that we were going to be friends. I've never done a book for a photographer that I've really friends, but I mean, it's not like Wayne and I, I feel like I've known Wayne my whole damn life. It's really weird. I mean, and we're a lot alike in 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 our in our ways. We're both hotheads. We just don't want to know, that. right, Wayne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, <laughs> so you know, it's it's uh, working with Wayne. It's just it's been awesome. I wish every single book that I did, I was working with someone like like Wayne. And every once in a while, and boy, I've done I've done a couple that I will never do another book for this person. 
I mean, there's some photographers out there that think that they know everything mm-hmm. <laughs> and they actually know nothing. Yeah. And, heard of, and, I've heard this about some people. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, and finally you just sit back and say, okay, have it your way. I'm going to print this sucker. And when they get it back and they realize, oh crap, that text is in the score of the cover. <laughs> I should have listened to you. And you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. if I'm publishing the book under my name, then I get to control it. Sure. Even if it's your photographs, if I'm funding it, and I'm, then it's my gig with your photographs. Right. But when I'm doing it for you, if I'm doing your book, then I'm all yours. And I'm going to, I'm going to guide you through everything that I know because I want that book to be the best that I've ever seen. The next book, I want it to be better than Wayne's. No, come on. I just do. That's wrong. You know, I want, I want them always to get better and better and better uh, because that's what drives me, you know, um, but if you won't listen, then I'm, you know, I'm just going to, okay. Because that just means I'm never going to work with you again. Right. I mean, because there's, there has to be this, this agreement between two people working together. Almost like um, a sense of trust. Right. Absolutely. Like, right. you know, Eric Stensland and I, I mean, I've been doing his book since what, 2014. You know, it's just, he just sends stuff, you know, and we go. By the way, he just he he did he just did his first book with Sublima and he's flipping out. It's awesome. I bet. So, um, but you know, there's this group of I, I love working for photographers that actually really enjoy working with me, and we work together. And you know, and I can be a little I can be a little pain in the ass every once in a the, while. The first time he yelled yeah. at me, he made me cry. Yeah, I felt so bad. Man. I thought I was about to get on a plane and come out. Was it when he said, "You must sell your book"? Yeah, yeah. He was. <laughs> Let me finish it first, Jerry. I kept telling Wayne because he, he did. He, he did. He had that question: How am I going to sell all these? I'm like, dude, man, you're going to sell them like crazy at your workshops. I mean, this thing. All I do is look at his photographs. But again, you know, this was the most enjoyable book. The most. In, it was just so fun to do this book. I don't want it to be over. I didn't stress you out, Jerry. Oh, you did stress me out. Actually, you didn't. I stressed myself out because, you know, this is the first time of using this process and yeah. I, I hyped it. It's a little more expensive. And I just wanted it to be as good as I was reading it was. And it, it's not always as good as they boast about it. It's not easy. It's a very hard process. It's not easy on press like they say it is. Actually, you know, they're always going to say, yeah, it's going to be easy on press. It's not easy on press. It's tough. The, the, higher resu- the higher the resolution, the more finicky it is. So there, is, there are issues. But the cool thing is, is as we work through these projects and we get better at them, then it makes it a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. But, you know, uh, God, I wish I could... Right now, I have a ton of books out there that are being printed right now. Hell, most of them are sitting out in the middle of the ocean trying to get into Long Beach. They're in California, right? That's where his is. His has been sitting. 
His has been sitting in the ocean out there for four weeks, right? It, it, is, it is shipped now. It is shipped. It will be here Monday. Yeah. Beautiful. Whew. Yeah. So what? Uh, what is the typical time horizon from someone saying, I have a book idea. I have the images ready. I think I've got most of my writing pretty much lined up. What is the kind of how long does that take? Okay. It's normally it's 10 to 12 weeks from approve, approve, approving, wow, approving the proofs. 10 to 12 weeks. But I mean, that, from like the beginning of the project to the that very depends end. On the, that depends on the writer. Man. That, that depends. That, yeah, that's 100%. Gotcha. Yeah. Because you know, that takes me, it, it took me, you know, all summer to put this together and write right. it. And, you know, and, 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 to, and, you know, it's, and that's just not, my wife was 100% with me on this whole thing. You know, Kiki's trying to, it's not just my book, it's her book as well. And so it was two of us working on this thing together, you know, and then Colin and Bugging Jerry. Yeah. So it took us, it took me all summer and part of the fall, you know, before we were ready. Okay. Let's do this. We're ready. Yeah. Everything looks great. Love the images. Let's do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Once, once you have everything together, then, then it's from that point on, it's all about the tedious work, sharpening and cropping and, and, and conversing and all that and stuff. It, right. Right. Doing all those, what I consider fun things, but most photographers hate. They'd rather beat their head against the wall. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're like, I've already done that. I'm a little ADD, right? So when I did my Blue Ridge book, my my I can't yeah, tell. My writer, my, <laughs> my my author, he was he was six months late. Six months. He took an extra six months to get these stories. I mean, there's a ton of of information in this book. I mean, uh, he's a it's an awesome and, book. And but the problem with that is, is oh my god. Do you know how many times I redesigned this book? I'm sure it was many more times than you wanted to. <laughs> because that six-month time frame, it just made me continue to uh, question myself. Well, right. I mean, you add text to the right. book. That makes well, sense. I mean, you add if you have right, more well, text, you have to rearrange it. It was choice, right? I mean, there was so I mean, those. There's always images that you love that don't fit that project, right? Sure. Um, and that's that's a real hard thing. That's the hardest thing that I'm having to deal with now with what I'm doing in my new project. You know, it's, 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 it's more narrative driven. So it's not driven by beauty. It's driven by how the image speaks. You know, what that mm -hmm. image tells you. Uh, you know, with social, social documentary, it's totally different. Um, and me as a nature photographer for 20 years, I fall in love with these these certain images, but they really they tell no story. Uh, right. they, they tell a story, but not what I want it to tell. So, because I don't want my book, my next book on on Central Appalachia to be a poverty tour, like a lot of these photographers tend to do. Because uh, this is my. I feel like that would be the hardest part for me is trying to figure out which images to include versus not include. Right. What was what was your uh, thought process for that, Wayne? Just like I said, I mean, they had to mean something to me, right. and there's there was personal there, connection. Yeah, man, because there's some images that I, you know, if I put on social media, you know, they may it may knock it out of the park, but they're not. They don't have that special whatever it is, that connection that I have with that image, and yep. and, and the time I spend out in the field, you know. So you know, I mean, one of the images I took out at Bastai. 
um, in Northwest New Mexico and everybody shoots it, you know, and I, I had to take it because I'm going to lead a workshop out there, but, uh, aliens throne, everybody takes that stinking photograph, you know, and, and I'm just kidding. And <laughs> mine, it was awesome. I thought I was, I thought it was a cool photograph, but I, you know, I went ahead and took the image and it turned out great, great light and everything, but you know, it's not my own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but, People want to take that image that I may lead out there and I'll show them where it's at and they can go for it, but I'm not going to put it in my book, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's not personally meaningful. It doesn't speak to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, and it's probably not the best image that was ever taken there, you know, of that, of that particular scene. So sure. yeah. Right. My like what, said, what, what else yeah. do you have to add to that? If it's already been done and it's like you look at it and it's some magnificently done, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I mean, you look at my photographs, the thing that the thing that gets photographed the most of my images is the Oregon mountains. You know I mean? That's, that's the one iconic thing, if you want to call it that, that I shoot a lot of and other people shoot as well. Everything else, if you look through my book, there's nothing there that you can, figure out where it's at. Yeah. I was going to say that is one thing I noticed about your, your book is probably 90% of the photos in there. I would not be able to replicate. Yeah. You don't know where they're at, you know, and I, and I love that, you know, they're mine too. I was like, yeah, I I totally love that. I mean, and also it takes, I don't know. Well, it's more personally meaningful, but it also, I think takes a little bit more skill. Dare I say, yeah, well, I, I agree. I mean, you, you, and you don't have that image in your head. You know, you go out and you're, you're scouting for an image. And, and speaking of scouting, I'm going to bring this up real quick. I hear it over and over on your podcast about these, you know, photographers that I really admire and that I really look up to. They go out and they let the light dictate what the image is going to be, right? I'm not that way. And I, I go out and I scout and I scout for the composition. And I go in the middle of the day usually, and I find that composition. And I think I've been doing this long enough, and I know how the sun's going to set or how, you know, my lights are going to fall on the scene at night or whatever it may be to where I'm going to make the most out of that composition. So I'll continue to go back a lot, if that's what it takes, to get that image that I want. And a lot of photographers don't do that. But to me, it's about the composition. And if I can get that composition in incredible light, all the better. Right. Yep. I mean, when light, when light happens, it, it how many photographers do you know, you got to work with that light and you may get lucky and find a composition, but if you already know where that is, you know, and you know, it's, I, I shoot with two, two bodies all the time. I take one body, I set it up on the tripod on the composition that I'm, that I really want to photograph that's been in my mind that keeps me up at night thinking about, that one's ready to go. I have it exactly the way I want. I've worked out the worked it all out, you know. And then I have my other body with my other tripod. And if the light's happening over in this place or whatever, I can move around. As long as I don't move too far from that first scene, I can take other images. And so if the light never happens, I'm not going home skunked, you know. And it's just the way I work. And unfortunately, my pack weighs 56 pounds, but <laughs> You know, oh, my knees are, are going, but they're still not shot. So, you know, well, it's it all definitely good. opens up a huge world of possibilities yeah, for, for sure. sure. For sure. For sure. And I don't really know anybody else that shoots that way. But 
I, I, I love, I love composing scenes. And then once I find it, I'll take photographs of it. I bring them home. I look at them on my computer and figure out, you know, I can move the camera a little bit this way or that. And I know exactly how I'm going to put the lights on it. And, you know, it's so much fun, but that's how I, that's how I photograph, you know, it's different. I love that. Well, I have a question for both of you. It's more personal it's for my personal benefit, but hopefully other listeners will get something out of it. Um, that's what I love about this podcast is I get to ask people questions that I get to learn from. So so as you guys may or may not know, I've launched a, uh, a photography competition with a few of my friends, uh, Tim Parkin, Alex Nail, and Rajesh Jodas Warren. We're really, really, really hoping to do a really nice fine art uh, book that contains not only the award winners for each different category we have, um, but also uh, highly commended images from the judges and things like that. So, and I know Jerry, I talked to you on the phone about kind of just specking it out just to kind of get a sense of what we needed to uh, budget for. And we're really hoping we get enough entries uh, so that we can do that book and give it away to people that have entered and won. But my question is, um, you know, if we're going to do this book, what are some of the suggestions that you guys would have uh, to make the book uh, more interesting, uh, more desirable for the people that have entered the competition and for maybe people that would want to purchase the book afterwards? Go ahead, Jerry. Let me print it. Touche, touche, touche. I think, you know, when you told me about it before, I think, I think it's, it's a wonderful idea. I, I do think you get a, that fine line, you know, of quality and cost, but there's ways around that. And well, and we're hoping that cost isn't yeah. uh, a factor. We're, we're hoping that we're going to generate enough excitement over this sure. so that we can budget for 500 plus books that are very high quality that would cost something around, you know, $45, $50 to produce. So we're, Oh Jesus! Dude, I can do that. Holy! So, I mean, I can blow that out so, of I mean, the water. We, I'm good. So so I'm so good. we're not really worried about the that aspect of it. It's more around like how do we make the actual contents of the book more interesting than just here's the award winner for this. Like what kind of stories can we tell? Like maybe it's um, I don't know. One thing I thought of is you know some vignettes from different judges and like what they enjoyed about the competition or I like that you know, right. But like from your guys' perspectives as people who consume a lot of. Photography and books. also the winners. Yeah, also the winners. Oh, for sure. That's absolutely you know, gonna be yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, right. definitely. But like what would you what would you say are other things that would make it uh an interesting book to own on your shelf? You know, as far as the book goes, you know, it's 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 like with my book, Matt. Why not just put a little paragraph, just keep keep them to keep them to so many words, right? But mm-hmm. every photograph that you put in that book, ha- have the photographer write up a little piece about how they took it or what the, photo- what the photograph means to them. It'll just make it that more meaningful. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's so important. And so it, it'll, it'll, that'll really help the book. Yeah, I don't, I don't think technical aspects. I'm, no. You're no. talking about, yeah, you're talking about, you know, the connection, the personal Heartfelt, connection. yeah. Story, yeah right, storytelling right. almost. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nobody gives a crap whether it's an R5 or an no. R6 or, uh, you know, a Canon versus Nikon. Oh, or whatever. whatever. Um, so, whatever. you yeah. know, it's <laughs> the the thing is, too, and with the rules, Rajesh and I have talked about this quite a bit. 
you know, he, he's let me know about this composite competition for quite some time. And we've talked about it and I'm, I'm so happy about it because I, I think it's cool. And to, to be able to know that it has set rules. The thing is you have to be very definitive on what those rules are. And that's my feelings. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know if he let, I just talked to him the other night about it. You know, we had a deep discussion about this. Oh yeah. We, we've, as our, our whole team, we've gone through all of your comments. Oh really? Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. And you know, I, I just, I, I've curated quite a few competitions and, 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 and it's that the rules in there, I mean, you got to give something. So this one photographer doesn't have more, uh, I guess if, I'm just going to say it. I mean, I was, I, I won, um, in the international landscape photographer of the year awards. Uh, I won in 2019. I was one of the, the best 101. And in 2020, I had two images in there. All three of those images. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, And all three of those images were real images. They were real photographs. I didn't stretch any skies or stretch any mountains. I didn't add any skies to the scene. It's as they were when I was out there capturing the scenes, you know? Yeah. They were uh, focus stacked, some, you know, exposure blended, all that stuff. But the camera captured everything out there at that moment in time. And it's the way it was. And that's so important to me because that's what it's about. That's what photography is about. I mean, that's that's pretty much the entire genesis of our competition. Right. And in 2019, I didn't hear much about it. You know, it, 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 it was, everybody said, Hey, good, good job. A few pat on the backs this year. It was a bit, you know, uh, I wasn't that excited because after the book came out, people are going through it and saying, man, look how much they stretch that mountain. Photographers know they've, they've been to these places, right? They know what they really look like. They know how much manipulation happened in that image. And my images were real, but yet there was so much controversy going on that it kind of put a, a damper on it. And I'll never enter that competition again because of this. You know, I, I it's, it just put a damper on it, I guess I should say. And so everybody on the same playing field where everybody has to do the same thing, that means the best photographer is going to get the, you know, the kudos at, at the end of the, um, at the end of the competition. That's the way I see it. Technically speaking, uh, the playing field is level for, for both that competition and our competition. The, the difference is, is, what is allowable versus not. You're right. You're, you're, you're absolutely I mean, right. There's nothing but, stopping you from stretching mountains and compositing in different things, but that's sure. a choice that you've made yeah. personally because it's not something you want your art to represent. Right. And when I, when I take a photograph at night, everybody says, I took this photograph at night and you hear these crazy stories about how the whole thing they went through. Well, it's a blue hour shot. You didn't take it at night. You know, you took it during, you know, right after the sun went down and then, you know, you if it's focus stacked or whatever it may be, it may take you two minutes to get that photograph. For me, if I'm taking a photograph and out at, at night and I'm focus stacking that image, it's going to take me an hour to get that image. You know what I mean? Going through that whole process I and do. getting all, all the files that you need to come back and put it together. It's, it's a process, man. That's but, why I don't do it anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, and... and 
for me, it's a beautiful thing because I'm actually out there at night and it's something I can be proud of. It's and fun. It's a, it's, it's, fun. A, it's a nightscape. It's a night photograph. It's not a photograph I took, you know, uh, at blue hour and threw a uh, uh, file with stars in it, you know. Well, that's not a, it's not a night scene. I think so, I think you'll like our updated rules. We updated them yesterday, so you can take beautiful. A look at that if you want. But awesome, uh, yeah. It's and for us, it's not about like saying our competition is better than other competitions. We we just want to offer something that people like you might be really excited about. And absolutely, yeah. like I mean, it's really for us. Like we're like we want to create a competition that we would be excited to enter. You know, yeah. And, and it's really, it's about real photography. It's about it's it's about real imagery, a scene that you actually captured, and this other stuff that we're that we're getting into now. It, it's dumbing down, and it's making real photography. It, it's it's not it, it, it's it's just it's two different things, you know. People aren't people could be honest about it. Some people aren't honest about it, you know. And it's a, it's a weird thing. I mean, I look at people like Ryan Dyer. He came up with a lot of this stuff, right? And I actually love Ryan and I love his work. But all these other photographers don't try to copy his work. That's Ryan's gig. Let Ryan have his gig, you know? Let him have his job and what he does. It's what he does. It's beautiful. But let Ryan have it and he's completely honest about it. But then other people will take that. They'll stretch them out and they'll do this. Look at my photograph. Are they being real about it? Nah, Ryan is. But just real quick, Matt, before you change the subject, I know you, I know you want to get off it because we're broken record here. But beat the dead horse. Yeah, let's beat it. Let's beat it some more. It forget the photographs. Let's just talk about the stories. The stories in my book, those are real. Those really happened, except for a couple of them, which are kids. You know, a child's story for my grandson and another one that I made up about the skeleton out in the, you know, in the mountains. And that's obviously not real. It's funny. Right. But the rest of them really happened. And somebody else took a photograph, you know, that's saying, Oh, I was in white sands. And I, I took this photograph of the, of the Milky way and I got lost. So while I was out there lost, even though I was supposed to be out of the park, I might as well take a photograph. And while search and rescue was out looking for me, I took this scene and, you know, they're taking this photograph of the Milky Way, but their, po- their camera's pointed to the north, but they're getting the galactic center in the south. You know, I'm like, oh, geez, you know, it, it dumbs down my story. You know, is, is Wayne's stories real? Because this guy's story, is it real? Are all photographers this way? And so, yeah, it's not just about the photograph. It's about the story. So anyway, sorry. No, you're good. Jerry, you were going to jump in because, I mean, you're a four by five guy. So, like, I'm sure the stuff you're seeing nowadays, you're probably just like your head is exploding. <laughs> I'm just going the other way. I took five years off because of it. Uh, you know, you can be consumed by it. Oh, we, 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 had, we had that conversation last time. I mean, <laughs> it just, it, 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 you know, I think I think the biggest problem is is the fact that the ones that are doing this, they don't even know what film is. So they don't understand where photography came from. They just don't. They don't understand photography. They just know the digital aspects of it. I can't fault them because they just, you know, you, if you don't have that uh, that connection with photography historically, you know, shooting film, then, you know, you really just have no idea. I mean, it, dude, it's really hard. You know, I've spent 
uh, what, 12, 14 years shooting digital after leaving film. And now I'm back shooting film and to take a photograph and then have to come home, put it in this little tent, take them out of the holders, put them in a box. It's a different process. Put them in another box, put a label on it, ship it to New York to have my negatives processed and then wait on them before I get them back and then open them up and they're orange. (laughs) Because I'm shooting, I'm shooting negative film, now. right? And, you know, and then then they got to go through the process of scanning it, and you know, in order to actually see the image. And then it's like, wow, you know, and I'm excited again. I mean, I haven't picked up my digital camera. I won't sell it because when I sold my large format stuff, I'm 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 just, you know, I can't buy another ebony. I had two of them. I can't buy. I can't buy one. You can't. I can't even find one to buy. And when I do, they want five grand for it. And you could buy it brand new for three. So you know. But it's it's it's. I like being back working with a camera. Mm-hmm. I love I love the you know even when I'm shooting digital, I was using tilt shift lenses. Sure. I mean, yeah. uh, me too. I I got away from it for a little while. Uh, but I love, I love the camera itself. And the thing that with with large format is, you know, if you've have you ever you ever looked at the image on the ground glass? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah. actually uh, went to Hunts Mesa on a trip a few years ago, and one of the guys that went with us is Adam Cavalunas, and he was at the time shooting all large format. It was really cool. If if you if you ever look at an eight by ten, like Ben Horn, if you catch him out, yeah. When you when you look, I mean, four by five is really cool. But when you look, get under the dark cloth, and it's upside see, down. <laughs> it's up, but it doesn't matter. When you look at an eight by ten, if there's something really amazing about seeing an image, oh, I could see ground glass. I could see so that this, just being right. It's really immersive. It's, Eleven by fourteen is even worse. <laughs> And it's just like the problem is, is you know, I, I really wanted to do an eight by 10. Um, but man, 20 bucks a shot. That's brutal. I mean, you know, I'm at, I'm at six. Right. But 20 over 20 bucks a shot, whether you get it or not, <laughs> is just too much for me. I can't handle it. <laughs> hey, so like what I've gotten out of this, Jerry, is, you know, shooting film and going back to that has really made you happy. Yeah. Um, devil's advocate for a second mm-hmm. i mean i've heard uh photographers that you know use these techniques that we've been discussing in digital um that they've expressed that that makes them happy i mean if that makes you happy sure who cares right yeah i think for me going back to what wayne said it's really just about how you talk about it mm-hmm. and you know these ridiculous stories that people tell to try to pass it off as something they actually experienced that's when i'm so. like why why are you doing that like you're lying basically to get attention right exactly it, it this is this is the social media problem that i think that we all seem to have absolutely um you know i guess the the, the great thing for me is i don't care the same. I, I'm not thinking about my photography of who's going to buy it today. Right. I do books. This is where I, you know, and yes, I sell images, 
I sell prints, but that's different than sure. having to deal with magazines, which that's gone. Uh, or having to, and to this today, everybody does workshops and, you know, not having to worry about that gloss that you need to create in order to be the person that, you know, that draws that workshop crowd in. Um, I, I don't have to worry about that. And, and, you know, for me, that's great. Um, you know, I'm doing what I want to do and I love being back behind, you know, uh, you know, the view camera and, you know, uh, it, you know, with Wayne and, 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 and what he's doing with, with Munch and, and the workshops there. I mean, what a great dude. That would get me back into teaching workshops if I was teaching with that group. Cause I mean, when you look at that group of photographers, Oh my God. Right. I mean, you know, um, it, it's amazing. Totally. So, you know, I just, uh, I just want to do a book for every one of those guys. <laughs> you may. <laughs> you know, it was, it was ultimate would be if I could get the real one. I know. You, know? you want Mark. I want David. Oh, you want David. <laughs> I have to say, you know, it's really cool though. You know, my favorite photographer of my lifetime is David Munch. And we have the same birthday. My second favorite is Ansel Adams. And my daughter was born on Ansel Adams' birthday. Now, how cool is that? Well, that means she must have just celebrated a birthday. She did. She did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So. I was yeah. born on my birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was born on Davis. He just quite a few years before me. That's yeah. funny. All right. Well, yeah. you just opened a perfect segue, Jerry, into talking about um, lunch work workshops. So what do you got coming up for that? Oh, man. So all of my workshops were canceled up until June. So I'm going to go with Mark and we're going to go to Wyoming. And oh, cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a horse backpack trip type thing, which is going to oh. be amazing. I can't wait. Awesome. And it looks like that's going to happen. And then after that, I have, uh, you know, New Mexico, New Mexico workshop up by Abiquiu, um, and my Utah workshops, uh, Arizona. You when know. are you going to be in Abiquiu? Uh, Abiquiu, I will, oh gosh. I don't know. I should have looked at the stinking schedule. That's okay. I was, the reason I was asking is because um, before COVID, I had scheduled a kind of a getaway vacation with my wife to mm -hmm. go up to Abiquiu, mm -hmm. um, and we had to postpone it. But we, uh, we definitely want to reschedule it. Yeah, I think it's October. Yeah, and I have two workshops there back to back. Um, yeah, and then twenty two is full. Twenty two is it's we're back on, man. It's just I mean we're going, you know, Saguaro National Park. Uh, all over the place. Yeah. You know, nice. Yeah. Everyone. So I'm excited. Then, yeah. And then you've got, uh, you have some galleries that are showcasing your work as well. Yeah. So, um, I have some at New Mexico Prince in Albuquerque and then, um, Tularosa Basin, uh, photography gallery in the middle of nowhere. We talked about this on the last po podcast and they do really well. It's an amazing, uh, gallery that they basically bring in, you know, the who's who in New Mexico, all these different photographers. And there's probably 50, 60 different photographers in that gallery. It's the largest photography gallery in New Mexico. And then I'm also at the, the Gila uh, gallery in Silver City. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And right now I would be in, uh, um, oh gosh, in El Paso, 
um, there's a museum there. It's uh, um, and I, I should have my work right now, but because of COVID, nobody can see it. It's on the wall, but nobody can see it. So that's anyway. frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. So anyway, all right. Well, do you other than your book stuff? Are you do you have anything you wanted to share, Jerry? Other than if you want to do a book, go to Jerry. That's right. Just give me a call. Yeah, no, I recommend if you it. Call, leave me a message. I'll call you right back. Yeah. So we should just put your phone number right in the sh- the show notes. Put it on That's his right. face right now. I've got a multi-year project that I'm working on, but, uh, you know, it's not nature. Right, right, right. But, uh, it's Appalachia, right? But, yeah, you know, it, it's it. there'll be some nature in there. Sure. Uh, you know, it's man-disturbed nature, but, you know, it, but it's, you know, it's something that I've wanted to do for years. I'm excited about it. No, I think working on projects like that is, yeah. is a way to do it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a story, uh, you know, in, in photographs and there won't, won't be much, there'll be some, there'll be some, um, you know, some, some writing in there. A really good friend of mine, he's an, he's an Appalachian writer. Uh, uh, he's going to be writing, you know, a few essays and some poetry that'll be in it, in it. But uh, basically, you know, it's, uh, but it, it's probably a couple of years out. I mean, this is, this is, I'm taking my time. I actually, you know, I've all the, the, the year that I shot on digital, I'll probably go back and re, and reshoot it on film. Uh, I'd really like for this book to be mostly, you know, uh, the bulk of it, mostly film. That's cool. Uh, yeah. That's very cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, all on, all, all on negatives. All on, you know, color negative. Using Portra and Ektar and, and hence uh, the shirt. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> I had to wear that tonight because you know you said it was going to be on. And plus, I uh, you don't want to give Wayne a hard time, you know, the digital guy. Yeah, I haven't. But, you, let's see here. I don't know if you can see that NPN. Oh, NPN. Shirt on. Yeah. yeah, I got to get David to send me one of those. Yeah, yeah they're cool, man. Comfortable. All I have is a yeah. sticker. Yep. Okay, so wrapping up. Who would you guys recommend for the podcast? I'm going to go first because David uh, or Jerry may say the same person that I do. So I'm going to, I'm going to beat him to the punch. So that way he has to think about somebody else, but the <laughs> first a friend, such a friend, I know, <laughs> you, you know, it's the way it is. You become good friends. It's cutthroat, man. That's right. So, yeah. The first person I'm going to recommend is a mutual workshop pro uh, Lisa LaPointe. She's an amazing photographer uh-huh. and, She's actually going to be on the show. She's coming up. She, we haven't recorded yet. So, but yeah. Beautiful. You'll dig it. The, your audience will dig it. She's awesome. She's become a really good friend of mine. Um, the next person I'm going to recommend, and you're going to kill me because he's already been on the show, but I don't care. You can have David Thompson on every, every fourth issue and people would love you. I mean, still, you know? He is, he's the wrong. coolest dude. And every time he's on, you learn something. I mean, every time I love to hear his stories and, and talk. And in, and if you, and if you listen close, you may pick up a tidbit, a, a processing tidbit, whatever it may be, you know, but the dude is awesome. He you know? really is cool. He is cool. And the next guy I'm going to recommend who I'm going to steal this one from Jerry is Richard Burnaby. And Richard is a mutual workshop pro and just an amazing photographer. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that guy, he's got it going on. 
I'm gonna so, have to get you to to twist his arm because I've exchanged several emails with him and yeah, I've already I've already tried to get him on. He just he's just so busy, man. He he actually sent me a a, a macro lens to play with for a uh, for a few weeks. Uh, he just left to get to go down to uh, uh, the Outer Banks for workshop. He's a madman when it comes. To, he's like, he yeah. goes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good but, dude uh, too. Talked yesterday. Yep. But uh, I'm gonna give you. Uh, Two photographers. One of them is Dr. Nye Simmons. Okay. He's out of Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And 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 Bill Lee. Okay. Do you know Bill? I don't. Uh, Bill's the bear guy. He's out. He he's, he lives outside of. Uh, he lives in Townsend. Lives outside of Cades Cove. Uh, Bill's been shooting, uh, photographing bear for for years. I mean, I do his calendar. I've been doing his Cades Cove calendar for. Gosh, uh, almost twenty years now. Uh, wait till you see this cover. It's crazy. It's a mama bear with their th- with their triplets. I think it's triplets with a fall scene behind it. Wow! And, and, and the the you know Bill knows bears, so uh, <laughs> you should definitely. It, it, it's really amazing. You're not you're not go check his workout. He's like I mean he's like the bear whisperer. Yeah. I mean, he, he just, he knows them all. You're not going to believe that these are actually in the wild. He's just, he lives outside of Cades Cove. He knows, he names them himself. He That's cool. call them by their names. They frown on that. Um, he knows where they go. He knows their habits. So he knows when they come. He Seriously. If I if I could turn my computer around, I would show you the cover. It's awesome. I mean, it's, it's seriously. So yeah, Bill Lee, and he's such a such a you know a nice guy. Uh, you know, now he's a doctor, so you know he's he, he can be a little uh, doctorish. But uh, but yeah, he's okay. just a wonderful photographer. Just uh, very very driven. Uh, you know, a uh, lot like uh, Charles Kramer. Charlie Kramer, sure, uh, that type of photographer, um, Fuji guy. Cool. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been fun. Sweet. Yeah, man, and we got filmed the first for the, the first know, time. I know. Hopefully, yeah. it doesn't screw up. But yes, no, yeah. I mean, I even cut my nose hairs. You know, I, I yeah, I, I didn't get a haircut because I mean, you're not Barbara Walters. You're you're award winning, Matt, but you're not Barbara Walters. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. even go that far. So. <laughs> You are award-winning. Uh, okay. Podcast, man. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Thanks again to Wayne and Jerry for joining me on the podcast to chat about Wayne's new book and for sharing your wisdom with our listeners. I highly encourage other photographers to support both Jerry and Wayne by purchasing a copy of Wayne's book, The Color of Dreams. It is easily one of my favorite fine art photography books on my shelf, which my wife says is quite too full. I have a link to purchase his book in the show notes. Coming up next on the show is a great conversation with Swiss photographer Rene Algesheimer. Rene's work is really top-notch and our conversation was quite engaging. After that, we have Adam Woodworth coming back onto the podcast to discuss his new night photography book and his adventures in an RV at the start of COVID. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.